I want to start today with what's really the prototypical vignette of the modern Republican Party. I've been researching this and researching how we got here extensively for my forthcoming book and up pops this story about how Arkansas Republican Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders approval rating is the lowest of any Arkansas governor in 20 years. And there are so many aspects of this, some of which are actually reassuring the big picture of which is extraordinarily disturbing that really are worth exploring. So first, let's look at the numbers. This is from THV 11. The 25th annual Arkansas poll shows that Sarah Huckabee Sanders has a lower than usual approval rating for governors and voters are still concerned about the economy. Uh, this is the lowest approval rating for Arkansas governor in 20 years. Sanders in her first year on the job has an approval rating of 48 percent, the lowest in 20 years, still higher than senators Tom Cotton and John Boozman, as well as higher than President Joe Biden. Naturally, Arkansas is a very red state. In his last year in office, former Governor Asa Hutchinson had a 59 percent approval rating and never went below 57. So first of all, contextualizing for a president, we are so divided right now as a country that rarely do you see presidents have a 50 percent approval anymore. In Arkansas, as far as governors are concerned, typically the approval ratings are close to 60. Sarah Huckabee Sanders is at 48. And it says the, it's a family affair in uh, Arkansas. The last time an Arkansas governor had a lower approval rating was in 2003 when Governor Mike Huckabee had 47 percent support. And then that was up to 58 percent a year later. Biggest concerns are the economy, um, the political environment, et cetera. OK, so a couple different things. First of all, in a sense, it's reassuring that the approval rating is reacting to the disastrous job that is being carried out by Sarah Huckabee Sanders on this program. If you as a governor are being regularly mentioned, you're probably doing something wrong. Case in point, Ron DeSantis is being mentioned on the program because he's running for 2024 Republican primary nominee. But beyond that, Sarah Huckabee Sanders is the most frequently mentioned uh, governor on the program, um, and she's been doing disastrous things, banning woke words, banning critical race theory, which isn't even being taught in Arkansas, spending nineteen thousand dollars on a lectern of potentially nepotistic provenance. We're still trying to figure out what the deal is with this nineteen thousand dollar lectern, weakening protections against child labor. And in the meantime, Arkansas has the sixth highest poverty rate in the country, the third lowest income per capita in the country. So she's doing terrible things. And so it's correct. It's reassuring. It's the way that her approval rating should react to be lower because she's doing the wrong things, except I don't actually think that's why her approval rating is low. And in fact, much of what's going on in Arkansas, Arkansans are blaming on Joe Biden in addition to or even more than they are blaming Sarah Huckabee Sanders, even though the problems of Arkansas's economy are quite distinct from what's going on nationally with the economy. Nationally, on average, the economy is doing pretty well. I know that that counts as a controversial statement and people will write in and say, David, how, how could you possibly say that? Look at the standard package of economic metrics. It doesn't mean we've solved inequality. We haven't solved poverty. We still have so much that needs to be improved with the American economy and we can do it. One of the richest countries in the world. But the economic problems, to the extent that they exist, are disproportionately in certain states and they are disproportionately red states. Unfortunately, many of the people that do approve of Sarah Huckabee Sanders job blame Joe Biden for the problems that they are having in their state, even though Joe Biden has done a lot of the right things. We then get to the final layer of this record low approval rating, lowest in 20 years for an Arkansas governor, so on and so forth. Almost half the state still thinks she's doing a good job. Again, despite those realities, despite the third lowest income in the country, sixth highest poverty in the country and wasting time on nonsense, virtue signaling bills and laws. 
And so when it comes to voting, many Arkansans will vote for Trump or DeSantis in November, whoever is the nominee instead of Joe Biden, because they will blame Joe Biden for many of the problems that are actually a result of decades of Republican policy in the state of Arkansas. Uh, That's the really disappointing part. Great. Lower than usual approval rating, still way higher than it should be. And many of these folks won't actually blame Sarah Huckabee Sanders for what's happening in her state. One other thing, there is an exception on the show to the if we're talking about a governor regularly, they're probably doing something wrong. And that's Gavin Newsom, who actually has been doing a lot right when it comes to how he talks to Republicans, how he addresses issues, the tone that he is taking. So uh, that that's probably an exception to that rule. Let me know your thoughts about what, if anything, it would take to make Arkansans see that the problems of their state first and foremost have to be blamed on Republican governor after Republican governor. Let me know if that's even possible. This is insane news. Uh, Law enforcement tackled one of the Trump rioters in court yesterday as they were going to take him into custody for pretrial detention. I guess he freaked out and just tried to escape. This was first report. By the way, they're for law and order. Remember, respect police, all of that stuff. First reported by CBS News. Federal agents tackle January 6th defendant Vitaly Goschenkowski during a physical altercation at a court hearing. Imagine the scene here, okay? A physical altercation broke out during a hearing Monday in the case of Vitaly Goschenkowski. He's a defendant already convicted on several charges related to the Trump riots, resulting in toppled tables and multiple federal agents subduing the defendant on the ground. What happened? Well, Judge Paul Friedman ordered Goschenkowski jailed for a series of recent doxing threats that were targeting federal agents. Moments later, Goschenkowski stood and started fighting with the agents who were trying to handcuff him and take him into custody. He appears to be 6'3", exceptionally muscular, as described, pushed, tugged and toppled officers before careening into a podium and tables. I assume they mean a lectern. A lot of people mistake podium and lectern, but let's not even get into that confusion. Agents from elsewhere in the courthouse ran into the courtroom to help four U.S. Marshals and FBI staff corral him, who has a hearing disability. He was found guilty of several charges in the January 6th case earlier this year, including assaulting police. Prosecutors asked the judge to jail him immediately ahead of sentencing because of these threatening Instagram posts that he made. Uh, Friedman ruled that the posts were extremely troubling and dangerous. Uh, Echoing recent arguments over gag orders in Trump's cases, the judge said it's rarely people in public life themselves who pose a threat to judges and agents, but their followers and uh, said those posts are not protected by the First Amendment. Eventually, Gostinkowski was removed from court, taken to jail, and his sentencing date has not yet been set. So uh, as is always the case, It's not just about what this guy does. It's very easy to say, oh, they generally claim to be about law and order. They generally claim to be about respect for the police. But a judge uh, as part of the judicial legal process says we're going to jail you because of the threats you've been putting out on social media. And all of a sudden doesn't respect the decision of the court fights with police officers, doesn't really seem to respect and defend law and order and police. Fine. That's this guy. But what I encourage you to do is to look online at the comments about there's there's dozens of articles about this. Look at the comments and you will very quickly see that as soon as it's politically inconvenient, it's the right wing community at large, not all of it, but much of it that starts to ignore their own stated values of law and order and due process, etc. Rather than saying, hey, this is someone who's been credibly accused and convicted of crimes. They're awaiting sentencing. They're making threats. It is not a violation of the First Amendment for the judge to say, hey, you can't do that. No, instead of hearing that, what you will find online and comments everywhere is this is a weaponized prosecution. This is not a case that should have even been brought. This is not a guy who really even committed any crimes. This is all part of the Biden DOJ going after and targeting. This is election interference. This is a way of trying to mess up Trump's candidacy. 
or whatever the case may be. Oh, well, what about we defend and support the police? Remember back the blue, the thin blue line, that entire thing. Well, you look at the comments and you see comments like these officers, including the FBI and officers of the court and the police that arrested these guys in the first place. They are all the bad police officers. Oh, I see. Back the blue, thin blue line, support the police, fund the police, except when you arbitrarily decide that these particular officers are operating in what you believe to be a political context. And then all of a sudden, all of that goes out the window. It's another reminder that when these folks insist on engaging only on principles, super common thing, we want to figure out, OK, uh, what should the law be around abortion or what should we do about climate change or when are vaccine mandates reasonable for public school kids? But they never want to deal with the practicalities. They want to deal with the principles and the values in a sort of amorphous and generic way. And to some degree, it's important to identify our principles and values. The problem is when the people you're talking to only care about principles and values when it's convenient to them, you're now dealing with people operating in bad faith. And obviously there's no real way around it. I mean, we we can't say our principles and our values don't matter. But what we can say is it's not worth wasting our time talking about your principles and values if they are only what you adhere to when it's politically convenient. The entire January 6th Trump riots fiasco has reminded us they don't actually care about their principles and values when it's not convenient for them. Another great example of this for what decades we on the left have been talking about jail conditions and the problem with pretrial detention. Not only are the conditions in a lot of these jails terrible, but being held uh, without bond pending trial prevents you from being able to mount the best possible defense. We've been talking about that on the left for so long. Now, all of a sudden, after decades of not caring about it, when Marjorie Taylor Greene goes and doesn't like the room that some of these uh, Trump rioters are being held in or a vegan rioter isn't getting vegan food, all of a sudden right wingers are up in arms about pretrial detention and jail conditions. Yeah, I wish you would have gone along and said that's a concern before it was a thousand of your political acolytes who were all of a sudden in trouble and in those conditions. So these are not people operating in good faith. What we do is to just continue on, right? We we at least are going to make an effort to apply uh, our values and principles consistently, even if they are not. When you browse the Internet with an unencrypted connection, you're just inviting all sorts of people to watch everything you're doing online. Your Internet service provider can see what you're doing. In Canada, Google and Facebook have started blocking Canadians from accessing news content. That's something else a VPN lets you circumvent. The VPN I trust is our sponsor, Private Internet Access, because they are the only VPN that have proven in court that they do not log your activity. Private Internet Access is also super fast. If you're doing streaming or downloads, you can watch content on platforms like Netflix and Hulu, not normally available in your country. It's one account. You can protect unlimited devices, computer, phone, tablet, even your TV. Just take control of your online privacy and the paper trails that document your online activity. These records of your online activity can be monitored, hacked, sold. It's happening all the time. You just don't want your personal data floating around out there. Private Internet Access is giving my audience a huge 83% discount so you can subscribe for just 203 a month and get four extra months for free. Go to piavpn.com slash David. The link is in the podcast notes. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you to make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like managing finances with a partner without conflict, making a balanced budget, boosting your credit score, saving more money for retirement 
all sorts of really useful topics. Most people in the audience know I'm a big financial literacy advocate. I can tell you NerdWallet does a fantastic job here. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. So much of the news media that we consume is corporately owned with all kinds of financial and political interests that influence the reporting. And our sponsor, Ground News, takes every source for every news story, breaks down who owns the media outlet, shows you how the story is being spun across the political spectrum. For example, I'm looking at this story about Republicans in Congress trying to pass a law to keep Palestinian refugees out of the US. Ground News shows us here the great article that The Hill wrote about it. But besides that, only right wingers are reporting about it. Fox News, Breitbart, Washington Times, probably because it's something their readers will love and will eat up. Ground News lets you see how Breitbart's headline for the story is twisted to bash Joe Biden. This is an extraordinary tool for comparing coverage, for helping you spot sensational content, identify the facts, especially with, for example, this escalation of the Hamas Israel war that is taking place. Extraordinarily contentious issue. Language and perspective really matter here. When you go to ground.news slash Pacman, you'll get 30% off their vantage plan, which gives you unlimited access for around five bucks a month. They also have a plan that costs under a dollar a month. That's ground.news slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. The David Pacman Show is an audience funded program. You can get the full experience, which includes the daily show earlier than everybody else gets it with no commercials in audio or video form, as well as the award winning bonus show. We made up all of the awards. I admit it. There, it's, it's award winning, but the rewards we've made up. But still, they are awards nonetheless. The award winning bonus show daily, the soundboard, the members only town halls, the entire thing very inexpensively at joinpacman.com. I really appreciate all of the folks who have surged in the ranks of membership over the last month or so. So you can sign up at joinpacman.com. You can use a number of different coupon codes. One of them is four years for indictments. And it'll save you about 50%, which I think is quite fair. If I, I'm biased, but I think that it is quite fair. Joinpacman.com is the place. Hey, this is sort of funny. This is less about the specifics, but more about the way that Ron DeSantis is as a person. It has long been suspected that Ron DeSantis wears these high heels with both an external and an internal heel to look taller. And we know that, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, I believe it still is true that taller uh, candidates tend to do better. Uh, the idea of height providing gravitas and whatever else. Um, so DeSantis, I guess, wants to look taller and every indication based on how strangely he walks and everything is that he is boosting his height many inches uh, with these uh, high heeled cowboy boots. Fine. Um, he was on the Patrick Bet David show a couple of days ago. I think this was yesterday or the day before. And what's really interesting about this is that PBD, and this is the same PBD show that I was on a few months ago, PBD brings this up and he makes a show out of getting him some Ferragamo boots. And it's, it's, it's all just so weird. But DeSantis just claims to have no awareness whatsoever that anybody's talking about the fact that he seems to be lifting his height. Does anyone believe this? Does anyone believe that this is the first time Ron DeSantis is hearing about this? I really struggle to believe it. And again, DeSantis is so uncharismatic and and just such a weird guy socially that he seems to just hurt himself at every opportunity. And by the way, no offense to to Bill Maher or to PBD. If DeSantis's campaign were going well, he would not be appearing with Patrick Bet David and he would not be appearing with Bill Maher, not because their platforms aren't sizable, 
but because it's not the sort of thing that someone like DeSantis, a sitting Florida governor running for president, would be doing if the campaign was going really well and he was a serious contender. All right, so listen to this. This this is genuinely fun. I have people around me that love to say, hey, Pat, you got something between your teeth. These are the annoying people in your life, right? Hey, Pat, pull your zipper up. You know, hey, Pat, do this. Hey, pull one of your socks is lower than the other one. I'm sure your marketing team points out how they're trying to troll you in the marketplace. Okay, I'm sure they're doing that. Can you bring this one clip? I know you were on, uh, uh, what do you call it, on... Uh, uh, what was it? Bill Maher and Bill Maher talked about the boots. I've seen you walk with these boots. Go ahead and play this clip. This on TikTok went viral. It doesn't have a million views. It doesn't have, you know, 10 million views. This thing's got 1.2 million likes. And and some people are wondering. How, what how, are they? I don't even. So I haven't what, seen that. What there's. They've not shown this to you. OK, no. what they're trying. <laughs> now, now, this is actually slick. What Patrick says. Oh, they're not showing this to you. The idea that if it's actually true that despite the months of discussion of DeSantis's high heels, nobody on his team has mentioned it to him and he's not come across it. His team is doing this guy a disservice. How do you not mention to the guy what has shockingly become the primary story? It's not about policy. The policies in the toilet. It's not about it's this guy looks like he's wearing high heels all the time. If that is true, then it is an insane disservice that his campaign staffers are doing. Let's continue. To say with this is that in your boots you have heels. No, no, no. That's yeah, what no, no, to say. those are just standard off the rack. Um, Lucchese, um, how, how tall are you? How tall are you, Governor? How tall? Five eleven. Five eleven. Okay. Why don't you wear tennis shoes and dress shoes? Uh, I do wear tennis shoes when I work out. Yeah, 100%. you do. Yep. Okay, I got a gift for you. I'd love for you to wear. Okay, I shop at Ferragamo. Okay. And I, got, I don't accept gifts. I can't accept I, it. I totally get I'm it. I'm sorry. I'm going to put it here, and Ferragamo can get a nice sponsorship. And then <laughs> okay. if you wear it, you fared. I know. It, it, no, but I here's think. the thing. I mean, I think we just. Yeah, here's the here's the real issue with uh, with my boots, uh, Patrick. So you know, this again is just the continued lack of charisma and lack of ability of DeSantis to think on his feet. And a lot of these guys lie. I mean, none of us believe that Donald Trump is six foot three and weighs 215 pounds, right? I mean, those sound more like the numbers of a very thin NFL quarterback or maybe an average NFL quarterback. I don't know. It's these guys are all telling lies all the time. But DeSantis can't even do it with the confidence that we would imagine it would take to be considered a serious contender uh, when it comes to the presidency. And I, you know, I know that Patrick Bet David is a right winger. <laughs> I, I guess he's probably a Trump guy more than a DeSantis guy. Um, but good for him for bringing it up and good for him for saying, oh, your your staff isn't even telling you that this is going on. That's really strange and bizarre. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious that DeSantis is trying to make himself look taller. I think that that's fine. The truth is that in our circumstances in the United States, that actually does matter. It actually does matter. If DeSantis goes up there on the stage and he's all small compared to everybody, the optics of it are less favorable to, favorable to him being elected. The fact that the boots make him look so bizarre and that he's walking in this extremely strange way, it's not useful. Maybe there's a better way to do it, but he just can't handle any of this, any of this. And he is so strange and bizarre. Donald Trump has been gagged again, gagged badly, choked for threatening Mark Meadows. This is an incredible story. And at some point we have to get to the question, when will the special treatment stop? When will Trump be thrown in jail for doing what any other defendant would be thrown in jail if they were doing? Let me explain to you what happened. The DOJ a couple days ago accused Trump of threatening Mark Meadows and went to the judge and said, please reinstate the gag order. Okay, Uh, as Forbes writes, Department of Justice Special Counsel Jack Smith accused Trump of threatening his own former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, and asked a judge to restore a gag order against Trump. After Trump lashed out against news that Meadows agreed to testifying in Smith's election interference case against Trump in exchange for immunity. In a Wednesday filing, Smith accused Trump of issuing multiple prejudicial and threatening truth social posts to influence and intimidate Mark Meadows, 
which the gag order issued earlier this month would prohibit if it were still in place. Shortly after the report about Mark Meadows deal, Trump posted on Troth Central saying he didn't believe Meadows would lie and suggesting he was coerced. Uh, Smith alleged that Trump sent an unmistakable and threatening message to foreseeable witnesses. Judge Tanya Chutkin issued a gag order on October 16th, uh, and it was a paused order. And the DOJ said, please reinstate that order. The judge has indeed done that. Um, we have a later report from yesterday. Judge reinstates gag order on Trump in federal election subversion case. The gag order has been put back on Trump for, yes, threatening a witness, something that he has now been told time and time again by judges in multiple cases. You can't do it. CNN reports you uh, the judge overseeing Trump's federal election subversion criminal trial has reinstated the gag order she issued on Trump earlier this month. Judge Tanya Chutkin also denied Trump's request to issue a long term stay of the order while his appeal of it played out. As the court has explained, the First Amendment rights of participants in criminal proceedings must yield and when when necessary to the orderly administration of justice, a principle reflected in Supreme Court precedent, the federal rules of criminal procedure and the local criminal rules. Contrary to Trump's argument, the right to a fair trial is not his alone, but belongs also to the government and the public. Here is the bottom, bottom, bottom line with the entire gag order thing. Any other criminal defendant in four cases plus two, four criminal cases plus two civil trials who violated gag orders, threatened and attacked court personnel, witnesses, potential witnesses, cooperating witnesses with this frequency would be jailed for pretrial detention. That's it. And you can find numerous legal experts that concur with my view. In fact, it's just me concurring with their view. I don't issue legal opinions independently because I'm not a legal expert. But what the legal experts are saying is that this is an example of the privilege and the two tier justice system that Trump benefits from. Now, we've heard that term two tier justice system a lot over the last several months. And what Trump and his followers insist upon is that they are the victims of a two tier justice system because they are MAGA Republicans, that there is the way everybody else is treated by the judicial system. And then Trump is treated worse because he's a MAGA Republican and for political reasons. The truth, of course, is that there is a two tier justice system. And we've talked about it before. And many of you have called in and said, David, isn't it obvious that Trump is the one getting special treatment? And indeed he is. The two tier justice system is wealthy elites, people with uh, positions of power, former positions of power, people like Trump and everybody else. And so when Trump says, you know, if they can do it to me, they could do it to anyone. They've been doing it to everybody else for a long time. The question was, is a president or former president immune from it? And at least in theory, the answer is no. But the special treatment that Trump is getting is that he repeatedly does what judges tell him not to do and what the gag orders say he must not do. And he is not jailed. He is not having bond revoked. And just about any other criminal defendant would have been in that situation by now. So there is a two tier two tiered system, and it is one that Trump benefits from. The fact that he is a beneficiary of that system is not stopping him from losing his mind overnight on Troth Central. I want to briefly talk about that next. If you page through the Truth Central posts or Troth Central or Troth Central, Troth Central, call it what you want, you very quickly see that not only is Trump unhinged and deranged, but he is regularly attacking all sorts of people involved with a variety of his criminal trials. I am not going to spend a ton of time on this and I am not going to page through the entire thing because we just don't have time. But Donald Trump will not stop posting uncontrollably and explosively to Truth Social. Take a look at just some of this stuff. Trump seemingly violating one of the gag orders right away. The Trump hating judge in this case is off the rails. The case should have never been brought by the corrupt racist attorney general. Trump's already been told you can't do any of this stuff. You can't do any of it. Uh, attacking their star witness and on and on and on. And then as you page through, you see that it is post after post. I called Bill Barr dumb, weak, slow moving, lethargic, gutless and lazy. A rhino who couldn't do the job. 
He just didn't want to be impeached, which the radical left lunatics were preparing to do. I was tough on him in the White House for good reason. So now this moron says about me to get even his verbal skills are limited. Well, that's one I haven't heard before. Tell that to the biggest political crowds in the history of politics by far. Bill Barr is a loser. Trump just continuing, continuing a great honor to have received the endorsement. Well, these he's actually posting now and these are moving around. Uh, great honor to have just received the endorsement for president from Dr. Ben Carson. Thank you, Ben. The corrupt administration took away my First Amendment right. I've just learned that the very biased Trump hating judge in D.C. who should have recused herself due to blatant open loathing of your favorite president, me, has reimposed a gag order, which will put me at a disadvantage. Blah, blah, blah. Why didn't crooked Joe Biden tell his injustice department to file the lawsuits three years ago? Well, (laughs) you know, some of the stuff that Trump is accused of doing criminally happened less than three years ago. How do you how do you charge someone three years ago for stuff they didn't even do? Why didn't they start the totally political Biden indictments uh, and court cases three years ago? Again, 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 if they started the highly political indictments three years ago, it on and on. You can just page through this thing. This is uncontrollable, uncontrollable. We basically have three forms of interest in these sorts of rants, and I will enumerate them to you now. Number one. Is the Republican Party so debased, so deranged and so indifferent to this sort of behavior that they will still make a guy behaving this way, a former president behaving this way, their nominee? Uh, Unless something changes, the answer is yes. They don't seem dissuaded by this stuff at all, not even remotely closely. Number two, will there be real consequences? I don't mean a five thousand dollar fine. I don't mean a ten thousand dollar fine. I mean, will there be real consequences like Trump's bond being revoked and being jailed in advance of his trials to continuing to to attack prosecutors, judges and witnesses publicly after being told time and again and being on the receiving end of multiple gag orders that say you can't do that? Will there be real consequences in that way for Trump? If you ask me my prediction, the answer is no. And then number three, will any of these public utterances actually be used against Trump at any of the forthcoming criminal criminal trials? In other words, will the posts to Troth Central actually become evidence against Trump, self-inflicted harm as Trump is often uh, uh, participating in? Those are my three questions. I think on this last question, the answer is yes. I believe these things that he is posting are actually going to be damaging to his own defense, and they will be used in at least some of these criminal trials. Let me know what you think. Make sure you've subscribed on YouTube because we're on track to get to two million subscribers in the next five weeks. If you can believe that, that's going to be quite a day. Uh, And also, just as a warning, I will be participating in November starting tomorrow. Uh, Movember is November with a focus on awareness for prostate cancer, testicular cancer and men's mental health, including uh, uh, suicidal ideation and suicide prevention. I think this is a really worthy cause. What people often do during Movember is they grow a mustache. I plan to do it just letting people know ahead of time in case you have kids who watch the show and you don't think that uh, it's appropriate for them to see that. Uh, letting everybody know Movember starts tomorrow and I invite you to uh, make a donation at Movember.com and or grow out the mustache. So just a little bit of a preview on that. We'll be back in a moment. So much more to discuss. People in my audience who sometimes struggle with sleep, you know, you've got those habit forming prescription medications, which sometimes have side effects. You've got your herbal remedies that often do nothing. That's why the go to can be melatonin, which is clinically proven to work and without the side effects and the grogginess. Our sponsor Beam makes delicious nighttime hot cocoa drinks called Dream with melatonin to help you get to sleep. Melatonin can also help correct circadian rhythm disturbances to get your schedule back on track. Like, for example, if you have jet lag. Beam's dream hot cocoa with melatonin comes in great tasting flavors like mint chocolate chip, chocolate peanut butter, sea salt caramel or caramel. Come on. 
no sugar added, sweetened with monk fruit, only 15 calories per serving. My favorite is cinnamon cocoa. I'll just be up front. It's great to have before bed. Sometimes it's hot, very flavorful, but not overly sweet. It's just a soothing way to wind down like an hour before going to bed. If you want to try Beam's best-selling dream powder, take advantage of the biggest sale of the year. Get up to 50% off for a limited time when you go to shopbeam.com slash Pacman and use the code cyber at checkout. That's shopbeam.com slash Pacman. Use code cyber for up to 50% off. The info is in the podcast notes. No matter your genetics or lifestyle choices as humans, we all share some basic foundational nutritional needs and properly replenishing your nutrients daily is important for gut health, stress management, immune system. And that's where our sponsor AG one comes in. AG one is a foundational nutrition supplement. It supports your body's universal needs with something that you can easily absorb and utilize. So instead of a multivitamin or fumbling around with 10 different vitamin bottles, I've just replaced all of it with one scoop of AG one. I get the vitamins, the minerals, the prebiotics, the probiotics, all the stuff I'm looking for. It's delicious. It goes great in a smoothie. You can drink it straight with water like I do in the morning before my famous cappuccino. I've been doing it for years. You're just covering your nutritional basis for the whole day. It's simple. You don't have to buy a bunch of different vitamins. My audience knows I don't advertise miracle solutions and cures, and there's no miracle cure or solution here. It's just a simple product that works that replaces the clumsiness and the cost of a ton of different vitamins. Go to drinkag1.com slash Pacman. You'll get five free travel packs of AG1 and a free year's supply of vitamin D, which, as I've said, I take in the winter when there's a lot less sun out. That's drink. A is in Adam. G is in green. The number one dot com slash Pacman to get five free travel packs of AG one and a free year supply of vitamin D. The link is in the podcast notes. Yesterday, we talked about the new Republican Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, being certainly the most extreme and radical speaker in modern political history, talked about his agenda setting power and so many of the other reasons why it really matters who is the Speaker of the House. There are a number of new problems for Mike Johnson over the last 24 hours, uh, probably the least vetted Speaker of the House in history. And now the problems are also focusing in on his wife over an organization, a so-called Christian organization. It sounds almost insane to call it that a Christian organization that likened being gay to bestiality and incest. Yeah. So here's what's going on. Um, HuffPost has a good report. Mike Johnson's wife takes down website that compared being gay to bestiality and incest. You're not going to be shocked at the sort of organization that was doing this. Take a look at this. House Speaker Mike Johnson's wife took down the website for her company, Onward Christian Counseling Services, a day after HuffPost pointed to documents on the site that compared homosexuality to bestiality and incest. Now, remember, Mike Johnson has problems with this issue as well, previously arguing that uh, homosexuality should be criminalized, criminalized. If you can think of a more insane thing, HuffPost reported Friday that Kelly Johnson, the wife of Mike Johnson, is owner and CEO of an organization called Onward Christian Counseling Services. Now, I'll tell you right away, just because of the name, we already know a ton about these organizations. There is a movement where non therapists, remember, they are not licensed therapists, take advantage of the idea of clergy as counselors to say that they provide counseling. They don't say that it's therapy, but they obviously want to be seen as providing an equivalent service to what a psychiatrist, psychologist, licensed independent social worker, licensed mental health counselor, counselor, licensed marriage and family therapy. They want to create the impression that they are equally qualified when they are not. So when you look at this, you see 
that Onward Christian Counseling Services promotes Bible based pastoral counseling. That is not therapy. You can say that it's a good thing or that it's a bad thing, but it is not therapy. Her website featured a link to its 2017 operating agreement, which lays out the company's corporate bylaws and says that the business is grounded in the belief that sex is offensive to God. God will be offended. He will turn up his nose. He's very busy running the entire universe. But if two dudes have sex, it's really going to piss him off if it is not between a man and a woman who are married to each other. It specifically puts gay, bisexual and trans people in the same category as people who have sex with animals or family members, citing all of them as examples of sexual immorality. Here's a quote. We believe and the Bible teaches that any form of sexual immorality, such as adultery, fornication, homosexuality, bisexual conduct, bestiality, incest, pornography or any attempt to change one's sex or a disagreement with one's biological sex is a sin and it is offensive to God. That's in their business document. The website was live Friday. It was gone by Saturday afternoon. Um, <laughs> so these are truly sick people. Um, just because they removed it obviously doesn't mean they don't believe it anymore. They do still believe it. And, you know, I have to tell you, I would have more respect. I have very little respect for these people, but I would have more respect for these people if they left it up. If your opinions are so awful that you can't stand people being aware of them and you can't stand the heat that it might bring you, maybe you need to rethink some of your views. Now, of course, if you went to them and you said, do you really believe in this stuff? If you took it down like that after it caused a problem, they would say, well, no, it's because of the woke left. They're coming after us. It's so unfair. They're suppressing speech and so on and so forth. But this is, again, one of the sorts of problems that is now facing Mike Johnson uh, because he has not really been vetted in any serious way. Election denier views on climate are insane. Views on abortion are insane. Views on LGBT issues are insane. Uh, views on what the role of a religion and not any religion, his religion should be in civil government are absolutely unconstitutional. And now they are finding themselves in this position where there are already some Republicans who are not pleased with what is going on with Mike Johnson. Do I think this will lead to him losing his speakership? No, probably not. I, I don't think that that's likely. I think they're going to keep him. But it is already a beleaguered speakership. And this is the sort of thing that happens when your party is in complete and total disarray. Couldn't happen to a worse guy. He genuinely seems like a terrible person. That's the impression I'm getting from everything I've learned about him over the last 48 hours. Donald Trump's Soviet style spokesperson, Liz Harrington, appeared on a program called. I guess it's called Absolute Truth, and I believe this is part of Lindell TV, the television channel of pillow magnate Mike Pillow. This is so great. Here's the question I have for you before we look at this clip. Do you think that MAGA is genuinely so disconnected from reality that the confusion cited by Liz Harrington is real or is it just posturing? Trump's spokesperson says Trump doesn't understand why Sidney Powell and Jenna Ellis Ellis and Kenneth Cheesebro took guilty pleas. Why would they do that? He just doesn't get it. He's really confused by it. Here's what she had to say. Do you buy this? How does the president feel about these former lawyers or his former associates pleading guilty? What are his thoughts on these developments? Well, I think he's a little confused because, look, if you're a lawyer, you know that there's no crimes here. <laughs> According to the law, there's literally nothing to plead guilty to because there's nothing that was <laughs> no laws that were broken in speaking out against a fraudulent election uh, and telling people to watch uh, hearings uh, and uh, petition their elected officials about fraud that was happening you know, on camera. I mean, it, so it's just surprising. But, you know, there's a different perspective here. The other perspective would be, you know, 
if you see multiple lawyers pleading guilty since they're lawyers and at least in principle, they know the law. Maybe when the lawyers all start pleading guilty, it would suggest to you that there is a crime, that there is a crime because the lawyers are pleading guilty. Now, Jenna Ellis, tears in her eyes, pleaded guilty, read a statement saying she did stuff wrong and so on and so forth. Sidney Powell pleaded guilty, but later said she was extorted and coerced or something along those lines. Haven't heard much from Kenneth Cheesebro one way or the other. If I see a bunch of lawyers pleading guilty, my first thought is they must have seen the writing on the wall and seen that these cases were really, really strong. Now, one other thing about this. The idea keeps being repeated that these folks have been charged because they gave an opinion about the election. It has been stated and restated and restated ad nauseum that they have not been charged for their opinion that the election was stolen. If the election was or wasn't stolen either way, they're allowed to say that and they're allowed to say that in public. That's not why anybody has been charged. That's not what any of the charges relate to. They engaged in conspiracies to disenfranchise voters and to defraud the election. That's what is at the heart of this. And what I would love to see, I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. I would love to see Trump use this defense in court and to go into court and to say it is my right to say the election was stolen, which, of course, is true. And it is not a defense to any of the charges. So that's what we're really waiting on at this point, whether Trump is or isn't confused. Do you really think Trump's sitting there going, they didn't do anything wrong? Why on earth would they plead guilty? Is Trump that dense? I think the answer might be yes. But the real test will be, does he convince and are his remaining lawyers willing uh, to make this argument in a court of law that they're going after Trump because of what he said and violating his First Amendment rights? Those aren't the charges. And usually when in court you make a defense to some, something you haven't been charged with, judges don't like it. I look forward to seeing it. Let me uh, know what you think. What do you expect once these criminal trials get going? I love my Helix sleep mattress. I've been sleeping on Helix mattresses for years now, which is why I asked them to be a sponsor. You actually take their famous sleep quiz, takes just a few minutes to answer questions about your sleep preferences, body type, sleep position, whether you have back pain and Helix will match you with a mattress that's perfect for you, which is really unique and helpful because a lot of people don't know where to start when buying a mattress. I certainly didn't. Their newest collection of mattresses called Helix Elite come with a built in Glaciotex layer to keep you cool at night, an extra layer of foam for pressure relief and thousands of extra micro coils for best in class support and durability. All of their mattresses ship right to your door totally free. They come with a 10 or 15 year warranty and you get 100 nights to decide if you like it. My audience also gets a whopping 20 percent off all orders plus two free pillows. Go to helixsleep.com slash Pacman and enter code helixpartner20 at checkout. That's helixsleep.com slash Pacman. Then use code helixpartner20 to get 20 percent off and two free pillows. The info is in the podcast notes. Many people know how hard it is to break bad habits, and sometimes you have to replace a bad habit with a better habit. And that is exactly what our sponsor fume helps you do. Fume is not a vape. I don't advertise vape stuff. There's no nicotine. There's no electronics. Fume is a small cylindrical wooden device that just delivers plant flavored air. It comes in a variety of flavors that people love. Crisp mint, maple pepper, white cranberry. They've got new flavors, sparkling grapefruit, orange vanilla. Importantly, it just gives your hand something to do. It's a device that feels good in your hand or in your pocket. You can take it anywhere and it satiates that hand to mouth fixation that if you're trying to break a bad habit can be very useful. It's also fun to fidget with, which is important, too. It has an adjustable airflow dial, a magnetic end cap. It gives your fingers something to do, even if it's in your pocket. Check out the reviews online. You'll see so many people have been skeptical at first about fume. They try it and they are very pleasantly surprised. 
Go to tryfume.com and use the code Pacman to save 10% when you get the journey pack, which comes with the device and several flavors to try. That's tryfum.com. Then use code Pacman for 10% off the journey pack. The info is in the podcast notes. All right. I mentioned this yesterday and I want to spend a little time talking about it. As many of you know, much of the attack on President Joe Biden over the last year, two years has been that he's too old. He doesn't know what day it is. He's demented, cognitive decline. He's confused. He's wandering around. He's totally incapable of doing anything. And there are two simultaneous trends that are happening right now that are really weakening the attacks on Joe Biden's age on the one hand. And this part is under Joe Biden's control uh, to some degree. Circumstances are such that Joe Biden's arguably greatest area of expertise, which is foreign relations and diplomacy and dealing with foreign leaders, um, is being is front and center all of a sudden. And this is partially because of what's happening uh, with Russia and Ukraine, part partially because of what's happening with Hamas and Israel, partially because of discussions with China and the involvement of other European allies with a lot of these other issues. Joe Biden has had successful uh, foreign trips recently and has uh, created a number of important accomplishments that really are on the basis of his ability to negotiate both with Republicans and with foreign leaders. And that's a really great thing for Joe Biden, and it weakens the attacks against him. But the other side to this is that Donald Trump's almost daily short circuits, glitches and cognitive events are also weakening very much the case on that basis against Joe Biden. It's not just we who have noticed it. The New York Times put an article out. Uh, what's the date on this thing? Yesterday saying Trump's verbal slips. That's what they're calling them. And none of us know what they are. Trump's verbal slips could weaken his attacks on Biden's age. The former president himself has had a series of gaffes that go beyond his usual freewheeling style. Another article from DNYUZ, how Trump's verbal slips could weaken his attacks on Biden's age. And it explains one of Trump's new comedy bits at rallies is when he impersonates uh, uh, Biden with a caricature mocking his age. He has droopy eyelids and a mouth agape and he stammers and mumbles and squints and shuffles around and whatever. And this article also points out the fact that Trump is constantly having these bizarre and listen, this is not a diagnosis when when Biden has a stutter event or whatever or mumbles. We don't know what that is. And when Trump has these short circuits and glitches, we don't know what it is. But the point is, there's a public narrative around it, which is Trump accusing Biden of being cognitively gone. And yet Trump struggling at every single public appearance now to remain coherent. Here are just a few recent examples. This is just the last six weeks. If I and this isn't even all of them, if I went back three months and gave you all of them, we'd be here for an hour. Here is Trump regularly, even though he's seeing it on his teleprompter almost daily, referring to the terrorist group Hamas as hummus, hummus, the chickpea dip. Heard about today the hummus, hummus terrorist invasion. I mean, when you think about and what do you think of Hamas? What do you think? Do you know about Hamas? pointing to someone in the crowd, I guess, to try to distract from the fact that he continues referring to a terrorist group uh, as a Middle Eastern chickpea dip. Um, Trump recently getting the name of the city he was in wrong. Uh, He welcomed everybody from Sioux Falls. He was not in Sioux Falls. Actually, A very big hello to a place where we've done very well. Sioux Falls. Thank you very much, Sioux Falls. Thank you. Boo. So Sioux City, let me ask. There you go. (laughs) Oh, is that right, sir? 
Uh, you're in Sioux City right now. Is that right? Interesting. Very, very interesting. Trump uh, with a very noticeable short circuit trying to talk about anti-Semitism. Colleges and universities will purge the anti-Semitism and pro-terrorism. Ter- uh, what, what you're doing, the terrorism is pro. We don't know what that is, but it's certainly not normal. Trump forgetting who is president. This was during an appearance on the radio show of Fox News host Brian Kilmeade. And this happens often. Trump thinking that Obama is doing stuff right now. Right. It's all coming through Iran and Obama wants to. He doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to mention. He doesn't even mention them in his statements. It's all coming through Iran. But you mean President Biden. So right. You mean President Biden, not Obama. You didn't run against Obama and Obama is not currently the president. Trump then again, continuing to be confused in another appearance, says that even the Obama administration admits that Trump built some of the wall. Why the Obama administration, which predated the Trump administration administration, would have stats about Trump's wall doesn't seem to follow the way time moves. And then I build a 40 foot wall, a 50 foot wall or a 30 foot wall on top. They say that was a renovation. That doesn't count. These people, I'll tell you what they have. I'll tell you, they have a great line of bullshit. That's one thing I can tell. That was a renovation. Like sloppy Chris Christie. Oh, he only built 56 miles of wall because there was some wood laying on the ground. So they call that a renovation. We built almost 500 miles of wall. Even the Obama administration says it in their stats. What? The Obama administration? What Obama administration? He regularly forgets who is president. Trump again suggesting he defeated Obama in 2016. This is folks. This is almost every time he speaks now. Crooked Joe Biden and the radical left have weaponized law enforcement to arrest their leading political opponent and leading by a lot, including Obama. I'll tell you what, you take a look at Obama and take a look at some of the things that he's done. This is the same thing. The country is very divided. And we did with Obama. We won an election that everyone said couldn't be won. We beat Hillary Clinton. Now, you know, I used to. Now, as you can see, he's visibly confused. He doesn't know what's going on. No diagnosis. He doesn't know what's going on. Trump warning us that Biden would start World War Two, which is a weird war to restart. Impossible nuclear war. Just think of it. We would be in World War Two very quickly. Again, insisting World War Two is going to be started by Joe Biden. And then lastly here, Uh, Trump saying that Jeb Bush invaded Iraq and Afghanistan. Of course, it was George W. Bush. Well, the season starts. We start in Iowa. We go to New Hampshire. We come down here. You know, the beauty was when I came here, everyone thought Bush was going to win. And then they took a poll and they found out Trump was up by about 50 points. Everyone said, what's going on right here? They thought Bush because Bush supposedly was a military person. Great. You know what? He was a military. He got us into the uh, he got us into the Middle East. How did that work out? Right. Right. But they all thought that uh, Bush might win. Jeb. Remember Jeb? He used he used the word Jeb. He didn't use the word Bush. I said, you mean he's ashamed of the last name? And then they immediately started using the name Bush. Never forget it. There you go. Apparently forgetting quite a bit. So these could go on and on and on and on. The takeaway here is that the attacks on Biden's age and cognition are falling flatter and flatter as Donald Trump's cognition is notably suffering, particularly over the last six weeks and even more just over the last two weeks. Diagnoses not totally relevant, perception very relevant. And these cognitive gaffes are getting more and more media attention. Will they have an impact at the end of the day? I have no idea. Uh, I got a bunch of emails over the weekend after I kind of alluded to this last week. Last week, I said something along the lines of, You should hear the things people have accused me of over the years. And um, I got a bunch of emails saying, David, what are some of those things? Like what things have people accused you of? I'm going to give you some of them. Some of these are sad and I don't really want to make fun of them. And I'll tell you which those are. Some of these are really worthy of being made fun of. Um, But as a general thing, over the years, often people will write in and say, David, 
the calls you take on the Friday show are obviously pre-recorded and you're only pretending to be talking to live people, but they're pre-recorded and you already know what they have said and you're just pretending to react. Um, there's absolutely no evidence of that. That actually sounds really hard to do. Oftentimes people accuse me of stuff that's really difficult. It seems to me it would be really hard to record phone calls. What once one way through and then remove my voice from them and then re-record my reactions to the things the call like it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But that's a classic for years. People have been saying these are pre-recorded phone calls that David reacts to as if they are live. Uh, on, as far as the voicemails go, when we play voicemails, oftentimes the people that call in are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. They're just bonkers, bonkers people. Regularly, right wingers will write in when some crazy right winger calls in and says something nuts on a voicemail. They will say the voicemails are staged. Those are not real right wingers. No actual right wingers watch David's show. None of them call in. And uh, those are David's friends. Oftentimes they say I also have no friends, but doesn't matter for the purposes of the staged voicemails. I guess I do have friends. And it's funny when they say no right wingers listen to the show. Well, you're listening to the show and writing in, aren't you? So at least some right wingers might must do that. The voicemails shockingly are very real. And in fact, we get so many of them right now. There are thirty six hundred voicemails we haven't listened to yet. That's how many voicemails we get. Many of them from right wingers. Obviously, I've been accused of being demonic and satanic and using the show as a vector for Satanism. I am just culturally Jewish. I'm not satanic. I'm not a Marxist. I'm not a socialist. All, all of these things. I, I'm just like a basic social Democrat, cultural Jew. That's it. But the demon, de demonic and satanic accusations are, are a common one. Another one I'm regularly accused of is that I'm playing a character on the show. And what people tend to mean by this is that I don't really believe the things I say. So like I might have some real belief about abortion deep down, but the vo the view about abortion I say on the show isn't my real view or I have some real view about uh, religion. But the view I say on the show is like a crafted or curated one. That is not only uh, obviously untrue, it's really stupid. Like, why would I do that? And the, the people usually saying this stuff think the views that I express are disastrous views. Why would I concoct disastrous views? It just doesn't really make any sense. I'm given talking points every day. The show is funded by George Soros or wealthy Jews or the Democratic Party or MSNBC. Why would MSNBC fund a show that has nothing to do with MSNBC? Like a lot of these people aren't thinking. So those are a bunch of the things I'm accused of. Now, here's one that is actually genuinely sad. Several dozen folks over the years have written in. Expressing that they feel I'm communicating with them one by one through some kind of subtext. So, for example, and this really is sad. I'm not making a diagnosis, but this seems more like mental illness than anything else. I've gotten messages from people who say, you know, David, I notice that while you're talking about one issue, you're blinking in Morse code a different message to me. And that's genuinely sad. And it's really a conversation about mental health. And I've gotten a bunch of those. The idea that um, you know, people think if you listen to every fourth word I say, it's a special message to them specifically uh, or that sort of stuff. And that's not funny at all. That's actually I mean, we need to inc increase access to mental health services and, and that sort of thing. I'm not communicating anything other than what I am actually saying. But that gives you sort of an idea of the spectrum uh, of what we deal with on a daily basis. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. Here's a caller who's wondering if Trump's cognitive L, uh, uh, events are actually staged to help him in his trials. Listen to this. Hi, David. Um, Alicia here from Phoenix, Arizona. Love your show. One of the things I've been noticing, it's a great question. I don't know if you've dived into it, but all of these slips and cognitive issues that Trump is seeming to have on every single stage. Is he doing this as kind of a 
to be able to use for any of his trials. Right. It seems like since all of these are going forward and he hasn't been able to stop any of the criminal charges, is this a ruse to show, hey, he, this is, you know, he's got an issue here and be able to get him either leniency or time off? Yeah. So listen, um, a number of people are wondering about this. Is Trump setting up some kind of insanity defense with these cognitive glitches? I don't think so, mostly because they are not the sorts of things that would get you declared unfit for trial or that you would uh, be able to successfully uh, orchestrate an insanity defense for. The standard for that is actually much more difficult to reach than many people think. I spoke to a couple of lawyers. They said even Trump and obviously the lawyers currently working for him would be very unlikely to think that that would be plausible. Now, is Trump in his mind thinking I'm going to try it anyway? I don't know, but I don't think that that's what's going on. Interesting idea, but I don't think so. We will talk about the disqualification trial happening in Colorado and elsewhere to try to get Trump off the 2024 ballot on today's bonus show. We are going to talk about an impending crash between Mitch McConnell and the new speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, and we will talk about older kids being banned from trick or treating in some places. What? I will reveal the age at which I stopped trick or treating. Many will be shocked by it. Uh, All of those stories and more on the bonus show. Sign up at joinpackman.com. We'll see you then.